You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I hope our pain could bring you joy. Uh, As we shared our worst date stories, Valentine's Day and otherwise, a couple minutes ago and off the board. Don't forget, if you have an Odyssey app on your phone, uh, you can take us with you wherever you go and even rewind up to 72 hours on the BetQL network inside your Odyssey app to catch that. You can also download the podcast later inside your Odyssey app or however you get your podcasts. Uh, If you missed our NBA catch-up on the Pacific Division a few moments ago, that's in there as well. Coming up. Lightning bets before we wrap up the show in the third and final hour. Also an early look at the Genesis. Not really early. It starts tomorrow. So uh, we're kind of on top of things now. As uh, Tiger back in action in L.A. this weekend. Jeff Feinberg of Odds Checker going to join us to talk about his plays, his leans for this weekend. Uh, Sean Little of MSG Network and the Action Network and the Note. Speaking of ketchup, no ketchup pod coming up in 20 minutes uh, to talk NBA as well. But yesterday, J-Rod, we, we started just an early look at MLB because pitchers and catchers are reporting this week around Major League Baseball by the end of the weekend. Uh, you'll have position players in most camps and then a week from Friday. So we're nine days away from the first spring training action. Um, Before we get into, because it kind of leads naturally into a couple more win totals we want to share perspective with people on, as well as some early looks at Cy Young's. Before we get into that, we were kind of kicking this around during the last break. Like, when do we get Blake Snell um, signing somewhere? I I imagine he's going to take a couple of weeks. I'm sure he's been working out on his own, staying, you know, ramping up. Uh, as it were, for spring training um, and would rather not have to be in a camp if he didn't have to for the first couple of weeks of spring training. Um, Also increased leverage. uh, You would think somebody will hit the DL somewhere in the first couple of weeks of spring training unexpectedly, and maybe that opens up an opportunity for him. Um, But when do we see Blake Snell uh, signed somewhere? And does it end up, where where does it end up being? I mean, it's, I'm not surprised that it hasn't happened yet. If we get to, say, the end of the month and he's still on the outside looking in, that's when I'll start to wonder what's up. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I mean, Scott Boris is his agent and I know he's asking Mm -hmm. for an ungodly amount of money, but he is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's not like he's, it's not not like he's a muddling, you know, middle of the rotation guy. He's he's an ace. Um I, I was actually talking to, to some people. I was like, who's going to sign first, Trevor Bauer or Blake Snell? I mean, they're sort, they're sort of like in the same conversation. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Yankees have long been rumored, but, you know, and, and as Jake eloquently put last night, they're a mess uh, in terms of starting pitching. I mean, they, you know, Marcus Stroman uh, is, is, right. was their big fish in terms of uh, pitching uh, signings. 
I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. I mean, you know, does he go to maybe like a, a non uh, sort of a sort of a wild card team. And I don't mean wild card, a playoff team, like a, like a Kansas city or a Pittsburgh, right. you know, where they sign them to like a one year or two year ridiculous amount, just so they can flip them at the all-star game. It's curious to see where, where he, where he ends up. Uh, and, and honestly, I thought, I thought it would be the Yankees or maybe the Mets, but at, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on a, a sort of a non contender trying to uh, make a splash. Same could probably be said for Jordan Montgomery, still out there and available as well. Cody Bellinger, um, Matt Chapman. I mean, there's there's a lot of big names still out there that, as we start to open up spring training, are on the board, not coincidentally, Boris clients in many cases, who uh, he's trying to extract any last little bit of leverage in those negotiations that he can. And also, like I said, guys don't necessarily want to have to stroll into camp in mid-February, if they can wait until March 1st to get there, then they'd much prefer that, especially position players and pitchers who don't have to ramp up or don't have to be in a camp to ramp up necessarily. So some things to keep an eye on there. Before we get to win totals, and yeah, we're talking about some big-name free agents and where they sign may affect these win totals. Let's talk Cy Young um, because there are some names out there that I, I like that, well, one – We've already talked about. We talked about him yesterday on the AL side, but let's start on the National League side, J-Rod. And let's start NL Cy Young. Spencer Strider, the favorite at BetMGM, plus 525. Uh, uh, then you've got Zach Wheeler, 9-1. to one. Logan Webb, 12-1. to one. Yamamoto, 13-1. to one. He's in the mix. Uh, and then some longer shots down the board as well. When you look at the National League side of things, do you come down on a favorite? Do you see value somewhere else? Where's your early look? Well, for me, more than anything, the Cy Young generally, not every time, but generally, the Cy Young is won in August and September. So to me, that's where you have to look at who is pitching for a contending team. So that you immediately look at when I see a Spencer Strider, for, for, for example, the best pitcher on the best team last year you know what i mean and and he is a he is he has all the sexiness you know big strikeout guy his problem is he gives up a lot of home runs and his era kind of ballooned a little bit uh but i think he is deserving to be the favorite the guy that i like in terms of value is a guy you don't really hear much but could be on a contending team in august and september and that's logan webb of the giants i love it at 12 to 1 unbelievable changeup. He was second in the Cy Young race last year. You just never hear about him, mainly because the Giants were kind of, have been irrelevant for the last couple of years. He's their best pitcher, and if the Giants, who just signed Jorge Soler, if the Giants can make any sort of a push and play meaningful games in August and September, I think Logan Webb is my square pick right there, or squarely lands as my pick to be the Cy Young, especially at 12-1. to 1. Yamamoto, obviously, at 13-1. to 1. He's a three-time Japanese League Cy Young Award winner. He's going to be Rookie of the Year. You, you can argue whether he's really a rookie. He's going to be the Rookie of the Year. Um, but I think Yamamoto also value at 13-1, to 1, again, because his team should be playing meaningful games in August and September. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a, an important part of this and why I think the guy that I like, if I'm looking down the board for more value, has something in common with Spencer Strider and is also going to be on a contender. But we didn't see anything from last July and August. Max Freed uh, in Atlanta mm -hmm. on a one-year deal, which means 
if the Braves aren't interested and who knows if they're actually working on an extension behind closed doors or not to try and keep them around. I imagine they'll, they'll use the first half of the season as a sort of proving ground for him. Okay, Max, let's see if you're still the guy you were a couple years ago. Let's see if you're the same guy that was second in Cy Young voting in the NL in 2022. Let's see if the issues with the forearm are still around. And if they are, we're probably not committing to you long-term, to be honest. Like, we've walked away from Dansby Swanson. We've walked away from Freddie Freeman before. We'll walk away from you as well. But it's an opportunity. If he pitches well in the first half, he doesn't have to pitch the lights out in the first half, just well enough to stay there near the top, right? And then the Braves are in contention, which they will be, down the stretch. Freed gets some big, important starts down the stretch as well in a prove-it situation. Doesn't even close the door necessarily on the Braves' ability to sign him to an extension if he decides to really step on the gas in July and August and September. Um, Still, that door remains open. This year is Max Freed proving to everybody that he's the same guy he was in 2022 and the first couple of starts of 2023 and that the injury isn't going to bother him at all, that the left forearm is okay if it is. Then Max Freed at 14 to 1, I really like that value for a contending team and a guy who, like I said, was second in Cy Young voting just a couple of years ago. That's the NL side of things. AL side of things, I mean, when he when the trade happened, was it last week, the week before? It's all kind of blurring now with the run-up to spring training happening. When the Corbin Burns trade happened, I immediately texted and said, oh boy, here we go, Orioles. And we talked about the Orioles yesterday with Jake. Jake finally jumped into the deep end on the Orioles, and I'm proud of him for doing so. He's backing it up because I, like him, believe in Corbin Burns. 11-1 to on the AL side and 9-1 to at BetMGM, depending on where you find the number. It's a good number. It's right around 10-1. to I think Burns is the guy that kind of helps everything gel in Baltimore this year, J-Rod. And so you talk about a guy that's going to be on a contending team, possible AL East champs. They'll be in the playoffs either way. I really like Burns on the AL side. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. You know, and plus he's already won a Cy Young uh, previously. So the guy knows how to be a top of the rotation ace guy. And again, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be on TV. You know, they're going to be on national TV every week. They're going to be in the spotlight. They're going to be playing meaningful games in August and September. I think Corbin's is a great, Corbin Burns is a great pick at nine to one. Another guy that I think that really got a lot of run toward the end of the season my only concern is, will the Twins be any good? Because the, the AL Central, I mean, shoot, the Royals, uh, you know, I think are a sexy pick to win the AL Central. But the Twins, Pablo Lopez at 11-1, to 1, he really found a new pitch last year. Uh, his strikeout rate went up. You know, now he has a four-seamer, a changeup, and that sweeper that everyone's throwing now. Uh, and and he has was pretty dominant for the Twins down the stretch. I love him at 11-1. to 1. And George Kirby of the Mariners, you know, he's probably going to be the ace. He's going to surpass Luis Castillo as the ace of that team. It's his third year. He's in his prime, 16-1. to 1. Again, my only concern is, where will the Mariners be in August and September? You know, I, I'm i with you 100% with Burns because I think he will be squarely in the mix. But if I had to take a little flyer, I love Pablo Lopez at 11-1 to and George Kirby at 16-1 to uh, as, as sort of dark horses, if you will, for the Cy Young Award. 
Yeah, I'm curious, too, how that Mariners rotation being so strong at the top. You know, it kind of comes back to what we talked about yesterday with MVP when we talked about uh, Judge and Soto on the AL side. Like, mm-hmm. you might, if you have a pair of 15-game winners in, at the top of the Mariners rotation, I mean, do they take votes away from each other? You know, that, that's another thing that always comes into play as well. Um, I know Mr. Baseball, Jake, has some long shots for Cy Young as well. I'm going to write this down. Um, he's he great. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He, he nailed the Diamondbacks for you last year. So uh, let me get my pencil ready. Jake? Uh, yeah, this market was shaping up to be really awesome for us, especially in the AL, uh, until every member of the Rays' elbow was stolen in the night by goblins. Uh, so that was really great. <laughs> R.I.P. Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen, forever in our hearts. That was really fun for about three seconds. Anyway, not bitter at all. Totally all good. No, uh, there are a couple guys down the board, though, who I really, really like. Um, I'm going to go to that Mariners rotation. Bryce Miller is 200 to 1 out there. He broke out in a big way when he first came out of the scene. He was awesome for his first handful of starts. Scuffled a little bit, as you'd expect most rookies to. Obviously, batters adapt. There's film on rookie pitchers. Guys get a little bit worse as more film is on them. But Bryce Miller has above-average location. He has above-average stuff on his fastball and his slider, and he's added a split finger this offseason. He's talked about his release points, too, that he's been working on with driveline, which is where a lot of pitchers go, and they end up coming back a lot better. So at 200-1 to for a guy that's already flashed, uh, periods of dominance in a rookie year. I really like that for him. I think he's following kind of the George Kirby track of being a really good pitcher. So at 200 to one, I love that price. And I'm, I am with you though, J Red. I think George Kirby does have a runway here too, but you know, 200 to one, why not take that shot instead? And then on yeah. the NL side, there's a 170 to one on Brandon fought, who was the darling of the diamondbacks rotation. The guy who broke out in the postseason to kind of push them with Zach. Gallon and Merrill Kelly, obviously, to the World Series. I think that there's a path here for a guy that already broke out in the postseason on the biggest stage to continue getting better because he struggled in the regular season. He came up, he was highly touted. Everyone's like, this guy's ready to hit the ground running, and he didn't. He struggled. He went, got sent back down to AAA. He developed a sinker, came back, and was awesome. It was really solid in the postseason. I think that that's going to continue here. He's a guy that has above average location, above average stuff on his fastball and on his breaking stuff, especially. He added the sinker to offset with righties. I think as that pitch improves, there will be even more runway for him to get even better and be a contender for this award. It's a price play at 171. I think this is slated to come down. And to J-Rod's point, he'll be on a contending team. The Dimebacks, I think, at the very worst, are going to be second in that division. They're reigning NL champs. So I like fought at 170 to 1 on the NL. I like Bryce Miller at 200 to 1 on the AL side. And then also a little bit, you know, higher price, you know, f- higher up the board towards the top. I like Kodai Senga a lot at 16 to one, two. I kind of thought he might steal this award at the end in his rookie year, but was striking out 11, 12, 13 guys per start goes deep into the games. He'll be on the Mets. So a lot of pub there. And he was dominant. He had a two, five, two in the second half last year. He's got that ghost fork changeup that everybody talks about. It's on pitching ninja. So he gets a lot of pub. I think in his second year, he could be even better too. After he flashed a dominant second half last year. Some Jake long shot Cy Youngs. You're right about Senga with the flashy K numbers. Those always help in the Cy Young market too. Uh, we'll save some of the win total thoughts that we have for a little bit later in the hour. Um, Cause I've got one that I really like. 
I wish I could parlay one idea I have in particular, but we'll get to that later. And then I'm just going to straight piggyback something Jake had yesterday as well. J-Rod's got some win total thoughts as well. We'll get to that in the back half of the hour. But coming up next, get back into the NBA with the All-Star break on the horizon. Right around the corner, in fact, Sean Little of MSG Network and the Action Network and the No Catch-Up Pod. He joins us next right here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Top of the hour, we get some angles for the Genesis. Tiger, back out there in L.A. this weekend. That's coming up. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Alongside Jim Rodriguez, I'm Chris Mack. Aaron and Joe off this week and next, recovering from Super Bowl 58. Uh, And we've got to get lightning bets for you, too, before we wrap things up. Did all right. We came out, I think we came out on the plus side of things last night. As long as I remember to stay away from college hoops. I think we might be okay tonight. But the NBA All-Star break is right around the corner from MSG Network and the Action Network, the No Catch-Up Pod. We bring in Sean Little. Sean, good morning. I know you're getting ready. You're gearing up to head to Indy for All-Star Weekend. But before we get to that, before we get to maybe like some some three-point contest plays or anything like that, just thoughts on the second half and all of that, The NBA gods gifted us the story this morning at like a quarter to eight (laughs) on a slow news day. The, the, the wonderful joy of, well, the Warriors actually called the Lakers about LeBron on deadline day. Um, What's your thought on it? Like my immediate thought is, okay, good on you, Golden State, for at least making the call and trying to make the move. But then this kind of opens Pandora's box for the off season as well. For when LeBron, I imagine, will decline the player option and decide to, uh, I don't know, see where his talents take him this summer. Yeah, I I did the the shrug chuckle when I first saw the report come over. <laughs> the first thing I thought of is the Warriors have been puffing their chest. Draymond Green has been on his podcast puffing his chest about how we're good over here. We have enough. We're not the old guys trying to, you know, add. We could still get it done with our four in Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Steve Kerr. Those guys can get it done. You add a little Kaminga, we'll be right there in the mix, no problem. This shows that to me, even though they've turned the corner here and played a lot better recently, that they know they don't have enough to actually push for the Western Conference Finals and potentially to get to the finals and win a title. That's what it means to me. LeBron's new name when he comes up on a slow news day as you said it, Mac, is just a reminder that LeBron James and co, they like their name to be in the news regardless. Anytime his name comes up when it's slow or it's not, the the, the current news cycle isn't around LeBron James, doesn't surprise me when his name pops up all of a sudden about a different team, a different, even him, him giving out football picks. It doesn't matter. If LeBron isn't in the cycle, he wants to be in the cycle. But first thing was, the Warriors know they don't have enough, and if LeBron went to Golden State, that would have been a story to tell. No, that that would have been wild, yeah. So we we kind of broke down the Pacific Division uh, in the, in the first hour, Sean, and 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 what gets me is first of all, it's the only division where every team, all five teams, are over five hundred. The what what jumps out at me from a sports investor is that I see the Suns. 
eighteen to one over a bet MGM to win the division. Four back of the Clippers. I grew up in LA. I don't have any faith in the Clippers at all, <laughs> ever. I don't care who's on there. Eight, would you jump on some of that? Eighteen to one, the Suns to win the division four games out. The division is tough. First of all, that division is loaded. Who are we talking about? Minnesota, the Thunder, the Clips, Nuggets, Suns, and Pelicans. Those are some of the best teams in the league. Forget about the division and in the West. It's all about how much a team cares about the regular season. Now, we had Brad Beal go down last night against the Kings. He ended up exiting with a hamstring. He had been, he's been dealing with a plethora of injuries. He can't seem to stay on the floor. So, the Suns... I tend to to shy away from because Brad Bill can't stay on the floor. And I'm not exactly sure how much they try to push to actually win something like the division. That's not going to be on their mind. I like betting on teams and backing teams that have some type of motivation for what they're going after. And I don't think the Suns are thinking about the division. So I would avoid something there. And also, they have to get through a lot of teams that I just laid out. So I would stay away from stuff like the division. But you could start looking at that for potentially the Western Conference if you believe that they have really started to put it together. But something tells me against a physical team like the Timberwolves or even a young, fresh, physical team like the Thunder, if they solidify that starting five they want to run in the playoffs, they could be really interesting. But let's get out of the the all-star break and start inching closer to the playoffs, and I think you'll really, really start seeing the true colors of some teams here. There's still some question marks out that I'm looking forward to getting answers are coming out of the break. It's interesting you bring up the T-Wolves and OKC because yesterday, like we're going division by division, day by day to kind of catch people up now that the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror on what's going on in the NBA. And yesterday we did the Northwest. And I think J-Rod and I both agree there's potential. They're outside of Denver, right? Like Minnesota, Edwards and Towns, they have their one-two. And then OKC will make some noise this spring. It's just a matter of how much that lack of experience gets exploited by more veteran teams. So I'm curious. And they go out and add Hayward at the deadline. So maybe that's something, especially if if he's healthy enough down the stretch to really give them minutes and add something veteran, some veteran savvy to the mix. But when you look at the Pacific, it lines up as a bunch of big name teams and everybody goes, oh, I know that guy and that guy and oh, and Sabonis and Sacramento. And, and you're right. It's the deepest division top to bottom in the league. But then you go to the Northwest and you go, okay, Minnesota, a chance to maybe do something, make more noise than last year. And OKC, how deep do you think the Thunder can go this year? I truly believe the Thunder have a Western Conference final run in them. They have SGA, who's a legitimate MVP candidate, he's second behind Jokic in the standings. But also, he is a the real deal. Like 32, 6-6, six six, he's making everyone around him better. Chet Holmgren, they have an anchor down low. The addition of Gordon Hayward is very interesting to me because if he can get right and get on the floor and get acclimated in time for the playoffs, he can make some real noise for them. He's a veteran presence that can score and can communicate on defense. Now, we talk about... Uh, SGA all the time. He's amazing. Jalen Williams, J-Dub, as they call him, is one of the best fourth quarter players in the NBA on the offensive side. He has the support for SGA when he does need it. If they can get Gordon Hayward acclimated, Lou Dort can can take some pressure defensively off of SGA when it comes to, to playing D in the playoffs against one of the better wings in the league. 
I really like the Thunder. They play defense. They're young. They get up for each and every game. And then they have guys off the bench that could potentially make some moves. Depending on the night, Josh Giddy could come off the bench, can start. The Thunder are very interesting. I think they could really make a run to the Western Conference Finals. But the Western Conference in itself is going to be very fun to watch. It's going to depend a lot on matchups and who these teams end up playing. I really like the Clippers. Who are they going to play? The seedings are going to be very important when it comes to the West, so I'm looking forward to that. On the other side, in the East, I think the first thing that – I'm going to be narrative better. So the minute I see Doc Rivers leave the booth, go to the Bucks, <laughs> boom, they lose six out of nine. Tough, tough loss last night against the depleted Heat team. I know it was back-to-back from Milwaukee. Yeah. Has your opinion of the Bucks changed, or is this is just nine games out of 82? I don't know. I, it's hard for me to trust Doc. I, I love him. I'd, I'd have drinks with him. I'd have dinner with him. I'd, I, but as a coach – Ooh, scary times. Yeah. I And it's – let's be clear here about Doc. It's warranted. It's, th- these these feelings aren't coming from, from nowhere, right? So they are warranted when it comes to Doc and can he get it done. And we know the history of blowing leads in the playoffs and, that's, and that sort of thing. But – and I was on the call last night on the NBA bet stream for Bucks Heat, and they got – the Bucks got their doors blown off from the tip. Jovic had a career night. Um, Bam Adebayo had a career, uh, triple-double. Kevin Love looked like he was 25 years old. They just weren't ready. They came off the really big win off the Nuggets and then showed up on the back-to-back as flat as you could be. So the one thing that Brock, the Doc was brought in to handle was the defensive side of the ball. And they have improved. Prior to last night, they were giving up almost – they were since Doc had come into the fold, they had, they had moved all the way to number eight on defensive rating in that seven eight game span since Doc came in. Before that, they were down in the twenties under Adrian Griffin. So he came in to fix the defense, give the defense identity, and have the, have a plan on that side of the ball. And that has been working, but the offense has fallen off a cliff in a lot of those games he's, since he's come back. So the defensive the the structure is being installed. I think it's still really early, but last night was not encouraging. The offense will tend to pick up. One thing that not many people are talking about, and he's skating by a little bit purely on his name, is Dame Lillard on the offensive side. He has been really spotty all season long. For whatever reason, him and Giannis don't want to run the pick and roll. Giannis doesn't want to set picks for someone else. He wants to be the guy to get the ball and get going, but – you have to, you're going to have to cater to Dame a little bit at some point because if you go through and look at the numbers, he had, he had a month in January where he shot below 40% from three. He's had a couple games where he's in the 30% from the floor. Just very, really spotty offense from Dame Lillard. And that wasn't what you were expecting when you, when you signed, when you went and got Dame to come over to Milwaukee. So Dame needs to get right on offense and then that offense will start to pick up, but the defense will be there because that's what Doc does and what he came in to do. Yeah, another shaky night for Dame last night as well. Sean Little, MSG Network, and the Action Network with us here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. What about the Heat? We mentioned this earlier, um, since we're talking about last night's game. I mean, they got the same odds to win their conference and the title as the Lakers. And we just shook our heads at that and went, come on. Come on now. You know what the Heat do. The Heat will just sit there and lay in the weeds and – 
They'll be a play-in yeah. team, and then they'll get hot. They'll do what they did last year. Spolster will turn the defense up from 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 to, like, 15. Nobody – they'll be holding teams under 80. Um, is, is, it a, is it a good value right now to jump in on the heat? Yeah, it depends on what you're looking at here. They're, speaking of divisions, as we were talking about the Pacific, their division, they're right around plus 110, plus 105 to win the division – and they have to worry about Orlando and Atlanta. Now, we know they've beat up on Atlanta over the years and, and been able to hold them off to win the division. This year, they're now competing with Orlando, who has been playing really good basketball. That is probably the, the best bet on the board right now if you want to try to back the Miami Heat. You could bet them to win the division just over even money at plus 105, plus 110, depending on where you're looking. That's the most intriguing bet for me right now for Miami. But – Listen, I, I counted them out last year. I said, there's no way this team. And as they started to go through the playoffs, I said, "There's no, of course, there's no way they knock off Milwaukee. We saw Giannis take a couple games off, not take the Miami Heat seriously at all. And they smacked him in the mouth. Jimmy Butler absolutely cooked Drew Holiday. Cooked Drew Holiday, one of the best defenders, perimeter defenders in the NBA. They beat Milwaukee. I'm thinking, okay, that's, the you know, Giannis didn't take those guys seriously. Jimmy Butler had one of the best series in, in the playoffs we've seen in the last decade. There's no way they're going to continue to roll. Everybody they saw, they rolled through the East and, of course, went to the finals. So it's hard to, to count those guys out, especially when, you know, they add Scary Terry Rozier. They add Jovic, who played unbelievable last night. If He might he might have played himself into quite a few more minutes. Duncan Robinson is playing some of the best ball he's playing. He's actually talking trash on the floor, which is something I've never seen from Duncan Robinson. He's playing really well. So, of course, you can't count out the Miami Heat, but I can't see them making a deep run, but I couldn't see them making a deep run last year. So stay tuned on on where they finish. Yeah, interesting. Heat or finish up the first half in Philly, in Philly tonight. We'll see how, how the back-to-back works for them. All right, we can't let you get out of here. All-Star Weekend is here in the NBA. It's, gonna, it's coming up. One of the best low-key great towns in, in Indianapolis. How are we betting the the what, – what are our bets for All-Star Weekend? MVP, dunk, three-point. What, what should we be looking for? <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, dove into the game yet and, and tried to break that down, but – the West is loaded. We talked about all the guys in Jokic and SGA. Two of the top MVP candidates are on, on one side. Remember, it's not the draft anymore. It's back to East and West, the pure, the the old school way to do it. So the best scoring in the NBA is happening right now. So I, I would, I'm would i going to try to look at a, the, the total and try to see if I can find an over. And then that's the that's the funnest thing to bet in the, in the NBA All-Star game anyway. I'm not trying to take an under. In the, in the NBA All Star Game, and you'd you'd be uh, you'd be a sad soul watching that game. But to talk about the dunk contest, Mac McClung, I've seen it at minus one fifty. It's tough not to back a dude that won last year. Everybody loved it. Has the narrative play? He's coming in there to dunk. That's all he does is focus on dunking. So it'd right. be hard for me to not take him. But Jalen Brown, right behind him, is a guy that has a little bit to lose. He can embarrass himself. He's a he's an all-star guy, the top-paid player in the NBA. For him to enter his name in this contest, I believe he's going to take it very seriously. So I I, I wouldn't mind leaning and, and putting a little shekels on Jalen Brown to do something. And then when we talk about the three-point contest, I'm looking at my guy, Tyrese Halliburton. 
he doesn't use a lot of energy on his shot. It's a flat-footed push three-point jumper. And throughout the years, historically, those type of guys that don't use a lot of energy get through the racks, finish, and are efficient and compact with it. So I like Tyrese Halliburton. And I, and I also like, I saw my guy, you know, I'm in New York, Jalen Brunson, plus 600. Yep. <laughs> he has been so good all year. So I wouldn't be shocked in his first all-star game. He showed up and shot lights out from three. We'll see if the same refs from Houston show up for the three-point yep. contest. That might not work <laughs> out too well for Jalen Brunson. Sean, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll watch you on MSG Network. Catch him on the Action Network as well. Sean Little. Getting us ready for the NBA All-Star break. Total on the game, 364 and a half. There's your over right there. Thanks again, Sean. Coming up next, um, we lean back into Valentine's Day a bit. And some of those MLB win totals we talked about as well, we throw your way here on BetQL Daily. Is this supposed to be like sexy Valentine's Day music? Does it? Yeah. It's given me more of a. It's given me more of a like, um, you know, nineteen fifties detective vibe. She walked into my office. I could tell something. And there she was, tall like a <laughs> glass of water, smoking that cigarette. I knew she, she was knew trouble. Exactly what she wanted, and I knew too. And I was just was she the guy to give it to her. Or is she looking for love? I'm pretty sure. And then a frog jumps off, launching his so- smooth jazz album. <laughs> this is Mario on on alto sax. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, oh. he's already got Kenny G beat in the hair game, so why not? Welcome back into BetQL Daily, friends. It's Valentine's. This Day. is BetQL. I can't. This is BetQL before dark, right here. <laughs> um. Don't forget, every Sunday afternoon, we got you covered here on BetQL Daily, live from the BetMGM studios in D.C., P.J. Glasser, Denton Day, uh, with the top live betting strategies, including this weekend. You'll have golf going on, uh, everything else, every single Sunday from noon to 4 Eastern with Sunday's Bets, uh, the world of wagertainment covered here on the BetQL Network every Sunday afternoon with the Glassman and Denton Day, live from D.C., we will ask if this future, we've got a list of futures to attack, will be your Valentine. And maybe Mario can play, uh, show off a few more alto sax skills uh, when we get into that in a moment. But we just had Sean Little uh, from MSG Network talking NBA. And before that, we were talking early looks at MLB because spring training is upon us, pitchers and catchers reporting uh, both in Arizona and Florida this week, and then everybody will be in camp by the end of the weekend. And games next Friday, uh, spring training games, both Cactus League and Grapefruit League. So it is barreling at us. We didn't get to touch on win totals. So we talked to Jake yesterday. He went on an extended rant about how he hates the Yankees. I, I, that's fine. I teed him up for it. I was here for it. Um, but – we didn't necessarily get to dive into any win totals that we love, J-Rod, or that we maybe that we don't love, that we hate. Like, for instance, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I looked at every NL Central win total this morning and gave con- serious consideration to the under on all five teams. 
And if somebody would let me parlay the under on all five NL Central teams, I'd be able to get like 25 to one, I think it is. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that. But then on the other hand, I thought about it. And I think one win total in the NL Central that I actually do like the over on is the Brewers at 76 and a half. I know they just traded Corbin Burns. I, I get it. Um, the rotation is much thinner than it has been in recent years, but they got a healthy Reese Hoskins. We'll see if that provides any punch in the middle of the order. And I, I think in a very weak division, the Cardinals may improve. The Cardinals aren't going to improve enough, especially with a rotation whose average age is closer to AARP eligibility yes. um, than it is to uh, being in, in their prime and at their peak. Um, the Cardinals will improve, but they'll have issues with that pitching staff because it's old and guys will fall apart at some point late in the summer. Um, there's just not a lot in that division. Reds, okay, we can talk about how much we expect them to improve as well. Cubs, but Brewers over 76 and a half feels, even after the Corbin Burns deal, a little low for Milwaukee, J-Rod. Like that's still in, like everybody in the NL Central, in 80 to 84 win team probably everyone but the pirates probably yeah i mean i i think for for the cardinals you know it's it's a wide open division just like the al central is as well the central in both mm-hmm. leagues is 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 pretty weak i mean cincinnati won 82 games last year they're probably the most complete team they're 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 a little they're a little weak in the starting rotation they won 82 games. Their number is 82 and a half. So, so the books almost expect the same thing from them. St. Louis had one of their worst years in, in three decades. They won 71 games, and their number is 85 and a half. That's a big jump with a rotation yeah. of Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn. You know, that's you're expecting a lot, like although this. they still yeah. have They're all in their Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the win total that I like a lot, is a team that I think could actually win the division because it's so bad. I love the Royals. 72 and a half is their win total. They won 56 games last year. They've made a couple of small moves in terms of starting pitching. They got Michael Wacow. They got Seth Lugo. They just re-signed Bobby Witt to a big contract. So there's some stability there. I think not that the Royals are going to be that great. I think that division is so bad. You know, Minnesota yeah. might could take a step back. The White Sox, the Tigers, it, it's not very good. And I, and I don't think you need a lot of wins. 72 and a half, I think the Royals can get that easily and, and may even surprise people and win that division. Yeah, especially with the the rebalanced schedule, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Both of these central divisions could have, you know, division winners could be right around like 85, 84, 85 wins. I mean, it, it wouldn't show Now, would you take, and I'll put this out to anybody, would you take the A's? They have the lowest win total. 56 and a half is the number. I don't. 56 and a half. Okay, hear me it's, out. Okay. I kind of like. Hear me out. Uh, they aren't as bad as so it depends and I don't think they're gonna do that I think they're gonna hang on to guys like Paul Blackburn who have some value they also have a full year of Mason Miller who was absolutely electric in a handful of starts and whether he's in the bullpen or starting I think they're going to use him as a starter at least to start the season to open the year 
And then also they actually have a couple of position players, especially Zach Geloff, their second baseman, who could be a legitimate 25-25 guy. He was awesome. They have a first baseman coming up who I really like as well. Uh, Soderstrom, he played a little bit last year, heated up down the stretch. So that's two position players in the middle of your lineup that can at least give you something. That's that's a core, at least is what I'm saying. You have four guys, at <laughs> right. least, that you have right. more than you had last year. I think they're just 56 and a half. I'm not banging the table for it, but I could see how they might get there. Yeah, and again, and since it's a balanced schedule, they're not playing the Astros 18 times. They're not playing the Rangers 19 right. times. You know, they have you – know, that means you know, they, they get to play the Marlins. They get to play other bad teams in other divisions. Uh, 56 and a half. Now, now, on the other end of the spectrum, the Dodgers, 103 and a half. I, yeah. I, I, first of all, I'm a fan, so that's tough for me. I kind of stay away from it. They had 100 last year, 103 and a half. Boy, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I it would make sense to win it, but it's a lot of wins. I can't touch either one of the extremes. I can't. The, 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 it's too far for me either way. I'm not going under 56 and a half for Oakland. I'm not going over 103 and a half for the Dodgers. It's too much in either direction. Um, they're begging you to take the other side on each, which tells me not so fast. I make lots, not lots. I make stupid bets sometimes. I'm not going to make those stupid <laughs> bets. Not this time, anyway. Give me a couple more days or maybe just a couple more minutes. All right, it is Valentine's Day here on BetQL Daily, so let's lean into the holiday a little bit more. And will this future be your Valentine? Where's the, uh, where's the cheesy Ooh. alto sax again? There it is. Thank you, Mario. Um, <laughs> this music is killing me. I'm sorry. Uh, Mario, you want to jump in and, and throw some of these futures at us and see if we'll make them our Valentine? I can't with this music. Oh, let's do it, Chris Mack. No, it's immediately <laughs> no. That immediately was, no. That, that, was, that was easily the creepiest thing that's happened on this show in weeks. It was not close that, either. It, no. Get, get in the spirit, guys. Tis the season. The spirit of what? The next Netflix documentary on a man who murdered his whole family? <laughs> it's a love story. Is it? Three Tyler's three Taylor Swifts now. Uh oh, we lost Mac. He's pink. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't uh, all right. Um let's let's try and push through this, Mario. Without me All right. Music. <laughs> I'll start I'll start with the NFL one. All right. That right. voice that Mario used with this music is like the opening of like the scumbag that the detective is trying to track down for whatever yeah. reason. Like, like, that's the voice that Mario used. This is a like, bad it's Law a and Order episode. This is a bad Law and Order episode <laughs> happening right now. But Chris Mack. Don't stop. I can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. And the Bengals. This this is like this is getting giving me shivers down my spine and not in a good way. Like you this is assault to the viewers and listeners. It's ASMR, whatever that's called. Putting out my cigarettes and watching it smoke away. ASMR. And now I know who it is. This is ASMR if people want to have nightmares. This isn't this is nowhere near what, what 
You, you've never actually I will spoken say, to a there, human like this. Right? There is a market for that. I saw on Spotify because I falsely mm-hmm. like brown and white noise on Spotify. I got one that the other day was like, for you, it's creepy horror stories to fall asleep to. I was like, who is listening to this? Like, who is this for? We've, we've found Mario's sweet spot. He can narrate those. All right, there you ready for audition? Here we go. All right, All right go ahead. Warming up the Please shoulders stop. to do a voice. It's just for the people that aren't watching. It's the night before Halloween. Janet and Brian take out his truck. How are you going lower? This is an audio medium, and somehow you are not utilizing the microphone at all. It's it's an audition, dude. You get multiple takes. What's my motivation? It doesn't matter what... Stop. It doesn't matter what you... We've lost you. We're completely no. It's uh, I can't I can't between the between the creepy detective saxophone and Mario's voice coming from a place of of a bad Hulu documentary. Oh. I, yeah, it's I'm out. I'm out, Mario. I'm sorry. <laughs> we had you had an we'll idea and, and, yeah. and you tried, and it's all about the effort, and I appreciate the effort. You you do know how to whistle, don't you? You just put your I lips do not. Together. Oh, I wish I did. And blow. Gosh, I wish I did. All right. Tiger back on the course this weekend at Riviera. What do we like for the Genesis? A plus for effort for Mario. Jeff Feinberg of Odds Checker joins us next. Try to get back on the rails here on Beck And fade to black. Scene.